Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Friday, November 6th. S&P futures are trading down about 37 points. That's about 1.1%. NASDAQ futures are lagging a little bit, so they're down about 170 points. That's about 1.4%. The major European indices are trading down about 1% to 1.2%. Asia generally finished higher, although there were a few um, pockets of underperformance. So you're obviously seeing some profit taking this morning in Europe and the U.S. Um, I would just keep that in context. The European and U.S. indices are both up, both up massively weak to date, about six seven percent plus six to seven percent plus, depending on which one you're looking at. Um, so this feels just kind of like profit taking and nothing more, nothing more nefarious. Um, you know, in terms of the macro landscape this morning, it looks nearly identical to where it, uh, where it stood at about four o'clock yesterday. So in terms of Washington. Again, very, very, very likely Biden will become the next president. It's just a combination. It's just a, an issue of figuring out which combination of states will get him to 270 plus. So Biden is still leading in Arizona and Nevada. Biden just pulled ahead in Georgia, albeit barely about an hour ago, um, and is uh, Trump's lead in Pennsylvania is shrinking. So again, Arizona and Nevada gets him to 270. Georgia obviously puts him uh, much above that, and then Pennsylvania would obviously push him, uh, you know, towards 300 plus. So. Um, it's just a question of figuring out when those states will be called. Um, we probably should see a bunch of them get called today. Um, again, you know, not necessarily formally, formally declared by the um, state attorney, state secretary of states, um, but just more being called by the major networks. Um, but again, I think the market has largely already, um, you know, realized that Biden will win. It's just now it's moving on to figuring out. You know issues about his cabinet, his initial priorities for the first hundred days in office. Um, trying to figure out what happens on the fiscal stimulus front if something happens during the lame duck, or they have to wait until the new government gets sworn in, etc. Um, regarding Senate control, it looks like um, you know this this matter may be outstanding for a couple more months. So the two races in Georgia look like they will be they will, they will be heading towards runoffs. Um, so the runoffs will take place on January fifth. It's most likely the Republicans will keep their majority in the Senate, um, albeit just barely, but it may not become official until the runoff outcomes are known. Um, I don't think the runoffs are, are terribly important for the market, only in that it could delay possible action on fiscal stimulus. So remember back on Wednesday, when it looked like the Republicans would keep their majority, uh, McConnell made a relatively important pivot on fiscal stimulus, talking about how he wants to see something passed this year, how he would not necessarily object to a bill containing aid for state and local governments, etc. If now McConnell is still defending his majority up until early January, that could alter um, his thinking on, on fiscal stimulus negotiations. So I think that's the only real drawback. I think fiscal stimulus is coming. It's, it's just a question of timing. Um, so again, the only issue is it could be delayed a couple more months, but it shouldn't necessarily be too um, important for the market. And then Democrats will keep their House majority, albeit they'll, they're going to shed some seats as well. Um, you know, I th so I think, again, I think the market's kind of moving past the election and now it's just figuring out what are the policy implications of, uh, of the new government. And like I said, I think fiscal stimulus is most important in the near term. Um, and then just kind of looking at the um, priorities for the first hundred days: is it is it infrastructure spending? Is it COVID? Is it some type of incremental COVID relief? Um, is Biden going to attempt to push through any of his tax hikes, et cetera? And that all remains outstanding. Um, and then obviously the cabinet composition as well, specifically the Treasury Secretary. Um, so that's largely dominating, um, you know, most of the news this morning is just politics. But like I said, really not a lot of shifts in either direction. 
Um, on the COVID front, you're continuing to see cases explode higher. So the U.S. Sets, is setting fresh records. A lot of European countries are setting fresh records. Um, you know, Europe has rolled out over the last week or two a variety of different mitigation steps to help contain the spread. Um, we probably will not find out until around the middle of November if those actions are are be, are are starting to um, curb transmissions, just given the incubation period for the virus. Um, and you are seeing growth estimates get marked down, especially in Europe, because of those mitigation steps. Um, you know, I think in the U.S., we've been preoccupied by politics. Um, you know, you do have a much lower mortality rate, a lower hospitalization rate versus back in March and April. I think that's also helping sentiment. And then you have a lot of vaccine anticipation. So, you know, we could be any day now when we get a Pfizer announcement on on its vaccine data. Moderna could be out as soon as the middle of November. Um, AstraZeneca and then J and J will hit. Um, you know, later in December. So, you know, you're in you're in now a very very busy period of vaccine news. Um, and I think, you know, again, I think anticipation of relatively healthy vaccine numbers on the efficacy and safety front is helping to prevent, um, you know, the metastasizing COVID crisis from really weighing on markets. But if those vaccine numbers were to underwhelm, um, I do think you'll see stocks have a much larger negative reaction to what's occurring on the on the COVID front. So, you know, I think that's probably now more important is, is um, you know, now that we're relatively clear as to what's happening in Washington, um, as far as the election outcome, I think vaccines will become much, much more important. Um, arguably, the vaccines are, are even more critical than, um, you know, fiscal stimulus action. Um, so that is, those are kind of the major macro themes. There's no major economic data today. Uh, nothing too incremental to say in the central banks. The Fed yesterday was very, very uneventful, as as largely expected. I, you know, I think the Fed does not want to really um, interject themselves right now in the political process in Washington as the vote counting still takes place. Um, again, the Fed still needs to eventually provide some clarity around its quantitative easing program, but there's not necessarily a lot of urgency for it to do so right now. You are in the middle of um, you know, a fresh round of monetary easing. This week alone, you had the RBA announce quantitative easing. You had the BOE yesterday expand its quantitative easing. And then the ECB coming up on uh, about a month from now on December 10th, um, is likely to expand its quantitative easing by you know about a half trillion euros, if not more. So you are in this kind of stealth um, round of fresh monetary easing, um, and that's certainly a big macro factor as well. That that's just one other macro factor getting overshadowed by the election. Um, there were a ton of earnings out last night in the U.S. Um, a million earnings out in the U.S. last night. I have all of them summarized in the piece this morning. Um, you know, nothing that's really inc- super important for the macro landscape other than I think, you know, I think the big debate in the U.S. right now is not so much whether or not you buy the S&P or sell the S&P. It's more kind of just this growth versus cyclical uh, debate. And so you had a bunch of prominent growth names yesterday like Peloton, Roku, Square, Uber, etc. So I think just watching how they trade today in response to earnings um, we'll just get a sense of kind of um, what will help people to gauge the sentiment or psychology around the growth versus cyclical debate. Um, you know, just quickly on that topic, you had obviously a huge surge in growth stocks on Wednesday um, as investors lamented the absence of a blue wave and they dialed back fiscal stimulus expectations. You know, I, I think I think that's a very reductive view of what's happening in the macro landscape. Um, so I still am very much in favor of cyclicals overgrowth. I don't think what you've seen um, again in the last two days is really going to persist. I think that you know growth has been. Um, I think growth entered a period of consolidation back in early September that will probably last for several more months at least. 
um, you know, I, I feel that it front loaded that group front loaded a lot of gains into the spring and summer that it will just be now digesting going forward. Um, for the calendar today, again, I think the big focus will stay on Washington. You know, we could see some of these states again make formal, um, you know, complete their voting pro- their vote count process. You could see a lot of the networks make formal declarations as far as the victors for certain states. Um, you know, Trump is filing a lot of lawsuits. Not a lot of them are getting traction. Um, you know, a lot of states probably will go into recounts, um, but it's unlikely the recounts really alter the outcome uh, dramatically. Uh, the jobs report at 8.30, there's really been very, very little focus on it. I, I struggle to see it really uh, massively impacting the market one way or the other. I do have a preview in the piece this morning. And then you have a couple of earnings this morning, CVS, Marriott, uh, Viacom are probably the big ones. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.